Welcome to Tiger Resilience podcast series. With over 25 years experience directing addiction programs, these series are designed for anyone who is struggling with a loved one dealing with addiction. Through these programs, you will gain insight, awareness, and vision into all things about addiction. Here is where addiction education will assist you in reaching your human potential. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Tiger Resilience podcast series on addiction solutions and my name is Bernie and I'm the host of these series. Today I want to talk about the family and opioid addiction because I have received uh, a lot of emails from individuals who are asking me why am I focusing first on the family and not the individual with the opioid addiction. And as I shared before in, in a couple of my podcasts that the primary reason for this is that there are a lot of services available for the individual who is struggling with an opioid addiction, but there is seldom any really serious concrete program that offers family the education information and the resources that they need to build upon their challenges that they are facing internally. That can include financial, mental, the social uh, impact, meaning the embarrassment sometimes that families feel, the overall well-being of the family. Uh, there's so many dynamics that play into this. And through my 25 years of experience working as a clinician and director in the substance abuse and mental health field, I have found the greatest success I've had with patients themselves addicted was when I was able to work with the family either in parallel or first and then help the family so that they could build a solid foundation and that would allow an opportunity for that individual struggling with the addiction to be influenced potentially into treatment. And if, if they were not necessarily going to go into treatment at least right away, the family had some core fundamentals going back working for them that would be in a continued attraction for the person struggling with the addiction because the family was solid. They were able to set proper boundaries and have certain accountability levels within the dynamics without giving up on the individual. And uh, that through that success, many families have been very, very fortunate to have been able to bring their loved ones into treatment and be successful with that. And these individuals are reunited with their families, uh, many of them today over the years that I've worked with the different families. So, But I wanted to talk about one particular cost. Uh, and there's so many that are of a family, but I want to talk about one specific today because it's about a person I worked with not too long ago. And it was a financial cost to the family. And I want to give his story uh, based on some of the parameters that would played out. And of course, these names are uh, not the real names of these because of the anonymity and of course, patient protection here. But I'm going to give this story to talk a little bit about what happened to this one person. And, and it's kind of a a snapshot of a lot of families that struggle with this in a sense. Okay. So the individual's name is James. That again is fictitious name for him. Uh, but he's going to, this is a story that I wrote out for him that as I've had many of the conversations in this one particular episode that kind of followed his trail of his financial challenges that he had with his son and his son will be referred to as JP in this story. So it is a Thursday evening, 6.05, and James was patiently waiting by the phone for a call from his son, who was supposed to be entering another treatment program, I believe this for the seventh time. As James anticipated the call, he reflected the amount of time, energy, and the financial cost that his son had burdened him and his family with. After the time for his son called to call him had passed, 
and no communication at all, James realized that his son had once again absconded from treatment, and he shakes his head in despair, heartbreak, and he was completely disgusted. This is a typical method of operation for his son, who will, again we'll refer to as JP. As in previous behaviors, JP make a commitment to go into treatment only to receive certain financial assistance for his present situation. Prior to going in, in this case, James was generally given JP between $300 and $500, knowing that most of that, if not all, would go to buy drugs. But being a devoted father, James did not want to ever give up on him, and he didn't want to do anything that would keep him in a position where the son might die. And he thought by supporting him from the financial level, this would make a difference in their relationship, it would make a difference, and maybe his son one day would do the, the right thing and get into uh, the help that he needed. But once again, this is a, a typical scenario where you know James would try to help his son, the promises would be made, and nothing would ever come to fruition because the son knew going into the process that this was just another con game in a sense. So James also realized at the age of 67 that he's going to probably work for the rest of his life as much of his savings had been depleted due to this continued support of his son. You know, James had no more retirement options as he was depleting most of his investments from his 401k. Though this may sound very discouraging, James still considers what he was trying to do the right thing. He loved his son and he was trying to make this work for him. This is not a question of moral authority or his conviction of trying to save his son's life, but more a concern about how enabling an individual to continue with their present behaviors and, after many attempts, have such a devastating impact on families in a sense. James understands this today and understands the best approach is that he would seek out professional help, which he did with me, and set up the appropriate conditions, create barriers, create accountability systems, and terms for his son to receive assistance. This is not referred to, once again, as tough love, but it's the principles behind the guidance, guidance that would allow James to have control of his life once again and create parameters so when his son was ready and willing to go into treatment, these once he met these accountability guidelines, he was able to do so. Uh, again, this isn't about abandonment. This is about how to influence the individual without hurting yourself. And in this case, for James, he was able to cut off the financials. And, and if his son wanted a meal, he would purchase the meal for him. And his he paid for a place for his son to stay. And if his son did not agree to comply with that place that he was staying with. I believe at that time it was with his brother. He had a small basement apartment uh, and the brother had just some basic conditions for having a son into the apartment. I said if any of those uh, agreements were broken that his son would have uh, to go into a shelter but it was not about kicking him out. His son made those choices. You know he would be given a, a, a tiny grace period but he was given the ultimatum you are going to have to comply to the basics even if you're still using heroin you still have to comply with some basics for the family to be successful together and still for his brother to have a safe place for his family in their home, you know, allowing uh, James's son to stay there in the basement apartment. So these are all normal conditions that once you set in place, you can protect your family. You can start getting integrated again. You can find that the family itself will start to thrive because you know that your, your best bet is to actually take care of yourself first and foremost, as you continue to move forward to influence this loved one into treatment. And the chances are that pretty quickly, in my case studies over the years I've been doing this, many families found fairly quickly that, you know, when their 
son or daughter or the loved one was realizing that the family was going to thrive with or without them, they had a different approach to their addiction. And they, even though they were struggling with this, and there's, we'll talk more about the actual brain disease part to this, but even though they're struggling with it from a physiological aspects, there was a moral piece in there that they were starting to understand that, boy, I got to do something because my parents said, if I don't do what I need to do, I'm not going to have a place to live because of some of the behaviors. So if I'm using drugs, I have to at least abide by the rules and understand that that's just a process of life. But if I do break those rules, then of course I'm going to own my consequences. And you know, this comes back down to that freedom of choice piece where people will have that opportunity and a wonderful gift to have freedom of choice, but you are not free of the consequences, whether they're good or bad. It's, it's your choice to make and you own whatever the outcomes are to it. So going into James' story, now this is a little while ago and his son has made treatment and he has been successful and he continues to do so. There is a lot of struggles within the family dynamics, but piece by piece by piece, once the family started focusing on themselves and strengthening their own internal value systems with each other and building their communications and their relationships with each other, his son will absolutely be a greater success story and the outcome of him in a long term will be much more positive as opposed to what he's been doing in the past. So so for today's discussion, it really was just discussing financial, but there are so many other aspects to this from, again, from the financials, the emotionals, the physical, you know, the actual heartbreaks that happen and the stress that that causes. And we all know what stress does to the human body. It's just an incredible way to break yourself down, uh, to resign to almost anything and to give up the things that you love to do. So once again, a lot of what Tiger Resilience is about is truly is about how do we make the family the core focus of successful treatment so that they can be that, that rock of Gibraltar. They will be that, that, that pillar that will be there so that when the son or daughter or the loved one's struggling with an addiction issue and they're getting treatment and they may have some stumbling blocks along their journey, they have a solid foundation. And you cannot have success in recovery without having that foundation and having that pillar where you can know that that's my anchor. I've got this. Uh, they're going to be there. They're going to get my back. You know, if I fall down, they'll offer me the hand, but I'll stand up in a sense. So, so that's today's show. We're talking about, again, this was specifically the financial cost. We're going to go a lot more into some of the other areas and domains. Again, we're going to talk a lot about stress and the, the impact that that has and communication as well as we go forward on our series. So please know and remember that Tiger Resilience does offer integrated self-serve opioid educational program that is designed and specifically focused for family members and not the addicted person. These programs are specifically set so that an individual family will understand exactly what is going on with their loved one dealing with this opioid addiction. You can visit us at tiger-resilience.com to learn more. We also have a coaching service program that comes with the course where we are able to use coaching services in the sense of counseling, but because of today's HIPAA and some other compliance issues, it is an easier approach for families for us to call this coaching or mentoring, uh, which we have available as well. And again, you can find that on tiger-resilience.com. I do thank you very much for your precious time and learning more about opioid addiction and learning about these impacts in the family. We really look forward to speaking with you again soon. 
my guest, uh, Dr. Jamie Redwing, will be back with us uh, in the next two shows, and we'll be talking a lot more about the, the brain aspects in a very common sense approach to the disease of addiction and opioid addiction. So I wish you a peaceful serenity and blessed day today. Thank you so much for listening, and please subscribe to our podcast to help us as we build this message to unite families as we go forward. Thank you for listening to Tiger Resilience Podcast. For more information, please visit us at our website at tiger-resilience.com. If you found value in this show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. It is very much appreciated. This is Tiger Resilience, addiction solutions for reaching human potential.